Welcome to the Republican Professor. This afternoon, we have with us Molly Mori. And I'm in California. Molly, you're joining us from... From Dallas. Dallas, Texas. The great state of Dallas in the city of Texas. (laughs) The great free state of Texas. Whoa. Little political commentary there. Well, hey, I think that's going to come into it a little bit. This is uh, the new reality, and, and it plays into my job now as working in TV and film, and there being a kind of a new landscape for that. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Tell us what you do in TV into. and film, and what? how long have you been doing that? So I've been doing that? this. So Sure. So we'll take it back to the beginning. Um, I was, I to had ACL. Or to to not, Genesis. not that part. The beginning of of the TV. Oh, film okay. All right. World. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. You can go all the way back to Genesis if you want. Oh no, that's all right. So, um, after my freshman year of college, I was on the couch, laid up after knee surgery, mm. and that was my first foray into binge watching TV, <laughs> which is now <laughs> a lot more common than it was then. This was before the days of Netflix, yeah. before it had really gotten going. So I had the DVDs of Lost, the TV show oh, Lost, I'm when it was, when it was big. Oh, how come? Not uh, a we, fan? Uh, well, I suffered through it. And I, I, at the end, I was like, what in the world? Sorry, I'm not going to do any ending, spoilers. No, but. that's, that's true. The ending veered off a little, but the first few seasons that I got in, in those uh, six weeks on the couch or so, wow, I was a, a huge fan of, and watching this show, I said, I want to do that. I want to write tv and i want to make tv and just be a part of all of that storytelling and so after college wow i got my uh, degree in english and then your english is back very home good. For a couple of, i'm sorry your english is very good oh thank you thank you yes so degree in english language and literature uh, moved back home for a couple of years and then moved to la and did a screenwriting course through a program called Act One, which they have two pro- programs. There's one for writing for film and television and one for executives and producing. So these different tracks and fields that people want to get into, it's called Act One. And it was a summer screenwriting course. So I took that and that was a summer of 2014 and just stuck it out in LA. I, I knew that I wanted to stay and do that. and so it was, um, it was some couch surfing, staying with friends for a few months here and there. I lived in four different places my first year. Wow. So it really is that one of those stories of really wanting to make it by having to put up with a lot. Um, and after the program, I had just met some great people who had some connections, which is really what it's all about in Hollywood. It's knowing people and making friends and wanting to do projects together. So I did a a short film with this company called Family Theater Productions, who several of my friends work for today. And uh, I did short film wasn't called that. It was that's the name of the production company. Right. Family Theater Productions. Yes. And they're they've been around for quite a long time. Um, And it was through someone on that film that I got a job with voice. working as a driver. I was driving contestants for the show for them. So I did that for about six months. And then I knew someone else who got me on another show 
and that was the show Grimm, which is the sort of spin on the Grimm fairy tales. Um, that's a police detective sort of show. Uh-huh. And I worked for two seasons on that. I was a writer's production assistant and then assistant to the executive producers working in the writer's office. So it was a very detailed look into how a TV show works from conception, from these writers pitching ideas in the writer's office, all the way through the rewrites, the notes from the network and the studio, all the way through post. Um, our executive producers were great in, in allowing me to ask questions and learn from them. And I said, hey, can I come to the editing bay with you and watch what you're going to do there? And so they go and they're working with the editors there and saying, oh, add, add some raindrops here, add some footsteps here, and just sort of seeing wow. the magic of how all those sound effects go in, things wow. like that. And then seeing the, the final episode when it came out on TV, and that was something really special. That show was called Grim. Grim, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, so you were in the room of some of these executive meet, mm-hmm. executive producer meetings? Yes. Just wow. getting to sit in. Sometimes I was taking notes, um, mm-hmm. but other times it was just, they said, hey, come in and, and learn. Watch what we're doing here. This is These are wow. things you should pick up on. So I really appreciated that from them. You said there was a show called Voice. Is that right? Oh, yes. The Voice on NBC. It's a oh, reality. The Voice. The Voice. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. It's been around for, for quite a bit now. It's still going strong. Um, you say it's on NBC? NBC. Yes. How do you spell NBC? Just I the. Make sure I spell it right. Oh, just the initials. Oh, it's okay. the network. Yeah. Uh, and then Grim, where was that? What was that on? Grim was also on NBC. Yeah. So uh, primetime television. Primetime. Mm-hmm. And one of those is still going. Yes. So Grim ended in 2017. It ran for six seasons. And the voice is going strong. Wow. They're in season. 21 or 22 i believe um they were doing two seasons a year for quite a while for maybe 10 years or so and it's just so consistent and so popular that they were doing two seasons a year one in the fall and one in the spring now you seem like you have a lot of excitement about this and you're you, you have a lot of uh happiness about I do and I I hope that carries on forever Um, Uh it's something that I've really enjoyed and so there was nothing in there that was so dark and gross that you wanted to you were traumatized no no and I think that was I think my my Catholic Christian faith ties into that a lot because I relied on that a lot and it's a big part of my life and always has been since I was growing up And um, I'm the youngest of eight kids in my family and three of them have entered religious life. They're ordained priests and religious. And so I know that all of my siblings pray for me. We all pray for each other, but there are three in particular who have devoted their lives time in prayer. Hmm. And it's, it's hard in Hollywood and there are a lot of temptations and crazy things going on for sure. But I was able to, steer clear of that i think i think through prayer a lot temptations to like rob banks murder people 
not quite just the the projects that you might decide to be on oh, um, meeting oh, the yeah. right people just just falling in with the right crowds yeah right so Fitting i found in. a great right yeah. i found a great church community okay. um did the people you work just, with know that you were a uh, christian catholic how did yes. you put it yes and you wear it it's on your sleeve um, you have a tattoo yeah, that, that say I'm a Christian Catholic. <laughs> no, no. But as a Catholic, I am dedicated to um, meeting that Sunday obligation to attend mass. Uh-huh. So my bosses always knew, Hey, I need either Saturday night to go to a Saturday night mass, or I need Sunday morning. So, because sometimes we'd be working weekends. Uh, and so oh, I would yeah. say, Hey, I need these times. And they were very respectful. Um, okay. Especially after I got to know them and become friends with them that they'd allow me that time. And, and if it came to it, I, I would choose my faith. So right. it's great that I didn't quite have to choose. Between, so I got the best now, of both worlds. So is it because you think that she, they just respect religious tradition or they respect you as a person, some combination, maybe they just assume you voted for Obama. What, <laughs> what is uh, what's going on there? I think it was both. I became friends with them. So they knew my character as well. We established a, personal relationship um, gotcha. after so many hours working these yeah. long days. Um, so you do end up talking about personal things here and there? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Politics, not so much because being a conservative is a minority. Do they talk about politics or, and you just stay out of it or, or do they make comments? Yes. So, so they that can talk. be difficult. It's hard to, to find a balance between just staying under the radar so that you can do your job well and And not not cause, right. Not will not cause controversy, not cause arguments or or any of that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So finding the balance, I I think for me was mostly not speaking up, Hmm. which it's hard to see in hindsight, whether that was the right call or not. But for me now it's not, I would, I would be speaking up. I am today. I, you know, on social media, I never posted anything political and now, you know, throw it at me, whatever, whatever you got. There's, there's too much going on not to speak up about the crazy things in the world and really important issues. So you didn't speak up because you were, you didn't want to not fit in, uh, in an obvious way. Okay. Or didn't want to ruffle feathers or lose my job if it, if it came to that. I'm not sure how high yeah. up the ladder would go. Right. Um, but I just thought, hey, let's keep the peace. Let's not have right. this tension between us. So okay. yeah. there were things like the the 2016 election right. where I was a reluctant Trump voter just because Hillary Clinton was we couldn't put her into office. So I voted for Trump and came to see a lot of the good things that he had done. Um, But during that 2016 election, I remember the morning after going into work and just the, Mm. the solemnity (laughs) (laughs) of a Trump victory. And it was the, um, the TDS that they talk about was real in 2016 say what you mean by that the trump (laughs) it's the initials for the trump derangement syndrome yeah 
And I'm sorry that I have to put oh, it yeah. that way, but there's so many things that. No, no, it's, I was on the campuses. I was there in okay. Los, Los Angeles as well on the college campuses. And right. I remember it very vividly. I remember uh, people blocking traffic in Los Angeles. Uh, and I, I remember thinking After- to myself, this makes no sense. Yeah. Preventing other Democrats from getting to work. Uh, it just didn't make any, it made no sense what they were doing. Um, right. Uh, and I, I just thought this is some of the most, of course, then people get really afraid of this kind of response. Uh, like we saw with, um, some of the boarding up of stuff with the last cycle. Yeah. Um, and full expectation that, um, that there would be some kind of riots by Democrats, not from right. Republicans. No one, no one was afraid of Republicans losing. Like when Romney lost, there was no solemnity and there was no fear of Democrats or of, of Republicans uh, rioting or anything like that because we respect private property. Right. So and the rule of law and yeah. So by a Republican. Any, any other thing. Why, by a reluctant Trump voter, you mean that you had a MAGA hat on? No, day? so I I didn't know enough about him at the time. So you were not so wearing it a MAGA hat all the time? I wasn't. Okay. No. And I wouldn't risk walking the streets of Hollywood because... Because <laughs> be you dangerous. would be what? Because you'd be probably oh, mistreated? Sure. You would be mistreated nowadays, by Democrats. People, I mean, people are attacked nowadays. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Because of yeah. a hat, because of a right. red hat with, that has certain certain words on it, no cut, no right. cuss words, no no sl- no 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 um, slang uh, that hurtful slang or anything like that. Just just a certain kind of hat. It is amazing. Some initials. Yeah, it is. It is kind of a derangement syndrome. Well, you right. are uh, you were there. You can say you were there. Man, what a what a time. Right. Um, right. Now, and that- it went on. It went on with other things. Um, hmm. The in 2018, with the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court I've heard and <laughs> seeing all that he went through on oh, TV yeah. and, and just having to listen to all the talk around me, just at the work? disgusting things that were said at work at about work. him and, and the awful human that he is and all these things. And, and, you know, this is what they believe. They just so easily believe what they're fed on the mainstream media. It's an echo chamber too. Would you say there's a lot of critical thinking on these, on these sets in in this work environment? Like careful. It depends. There are some, there are some, Mm -hmm. but still they somehow reach the same conclusion a lot of times. So it seems like they've thought it through, but, but then I think, Hey, you know, I know what kind of person you are. I know you're smart, but I don't see how you've reached these beliefs about this person or about the situation. They're not used to being challenged at work. Like, Hey, this is actually pretty controversial. There's people that have thought carefully about this on the other side. You don't seem to be interacting with them at all. And then you might even work with them. That doesn't seem, they don't seem to be aware of that 
maybe maybe not because because i didn't speak up and others didn't but maybe they think silence is agreement but really so, silence is just you're worried about your job and they're they're right. not they're not thinking like they're just unaware that that might be a concern about yours of yours maybe right. interesting do you still have relationships from that time did any of those carry forward i do yes not partly not as much because of distance and life and careers have all taken us different directions, but mm -hmm. I do keep in touch with a few people from the various jobs that I have had. And then with people from church and other friends that I met as well. So I have kept in touch with some of those pretty well. Um, and that's great to still have those friendships and people that I'm working on projects with to this day. So it's, it's all kind of come full circle people that I met at the very beginning, when I first, first few weeks that I moved there are still good friends and people that I want to work with. How did you, um, well, okay. So that was LA and now right. you're in, in Texas. Yes. What, so how, what's the story with that? How that happened. I moved to Dallas in early 2020 totally unrelated to COVID, which it just happened very providentially. I moved in February and I can't imagine trying to have moved here in March wow. or afterward trying to find housing or a job or any of that. But I have some family here in Dallas and I'd been coming out probably once, maybe twice a year to visit at Christmas time and see my nieces and nephews grow up, but it was becoming increasingly difficult to be apart and just seeing pictures and videos of the kids growing up. And so I was sort of ready to take a break from the whole industry. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't going to be able to find something in Dallas, I was willing to risk that whether it was going to be for an extended period or as I hoped just a short period of time, which it was thankfully, but I uh, packed up my car and drove out here and had housing in place. And then I found a job uh, teaching school. And so we're still, we're not quite, haven't quite made it back into the industry, but I'm teaching school and following things that are happening in uh, media, in looking up production companies in Dallas, all of these things. And it was early 2021, I think, yeah, early last year, when the Daily Wire, who I'm, I follow the Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro, we listen to those podcasts. I saw I've, that they teamed up. <laughs> they teamed up with um, Bonfire Legend, the production company Bonfire Legend, headed up by Dallas Sonier. And I saw an interview with him and Ben Shapiro. And Ben had bought this movie called Run, Hide, Fight from oh, Dallas yeah. cool. to premiere. Yes. Are you familiar with, with that? Uh, one? I, it's, it has something to do with self-defense from a murderous person on a campus of some kind. Is that so, right? Yes. It is about a high school student who fights back against some school shooters in her high school. So very controversial, very sensitive. I understand nothing wrong with, uh, fighting back right Do you think and that's controversial heavy, 
No, but the fact that it it, it it's not controversial to fight back. <laughs> that's where I think liberals went astray with it. Is yeah. that and and mainstream Hollywood? No one wanted to touch this movie because it's so sensitive, and I and I get that. But it's what's, what's there are a lot of it? movies, it's, it's, things that are violent, that it's a, a school shooting and oh, that it's so it's murders. It's about, in other words, it's murders. It's attempted right, murder. It's murder. A whole lot of action movies. I've, I've heard for some of reason, that kind of plot line in, in a in a movie before or a show. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. Yeah, right. it's pretty popular pop, pop, but, plot line, I think. Yeah. But it uh, maybe because it, it looked kindly upon guns and how guns protect people. Yeah, self-defense. <laughs> right. So they're they're right. against self-defense, which is what their because, policies uh, are. Yeah. They're definitely their policies. Right. So like pe- like that they like defenseless people. Right. So it wasn't yeah. a political movie. It wasn't second amendment in your face kind of a thing. It was no, a story about murder. this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just, like when people say shooting, I, I just I, I clarify it's really murder you're talking about. I mean, Right. When when uh, right. I shouldn't have phrased it. No, no, no. It's fine. I'm I'm not. I don't mean to. Uh, I'm just saying my preferences uh, for clarification. I'm I, I'm glad if you adopt my preference. I'm I'm happy about that. But mine is just because a shooting range will have shooting. The the verb is shooting. It's not immoral. Um, if you think morally about it, as soon as you think morally about it, what kind of shooting is immoral? Well, it would be the kind where it's attempted murder and murder. And so that I just use those terms because they're older and they're more reliable. We go back to the Ten Commandments. Right. I mean, it's just to say this is not new. It's not a new problem. It's an old problem. Um, the problem of, of human uh, sin and, and murder is definitely featured prominently among those sins. In fact, the first person who died in the Bible was murdered. And... Um, and one wonders what what would have happened if if Abel had fought back. And would would God have said, "Now Abel, you don't understand. I'm a Democrat, okay, and I created this Democrat world, and you're supposed to be a little Democrat and not fight back." Now, as it turns out, we don't know because that wasn't really part of the story uh, there in Genesis four. But I, I have a hard time believing that God would have um, said something like that to Abel. Um, what, what's your sense about it? In reference to just self-defense against I mean, murder. Because, yeah. No, no, sure, I mean, because, self-defense against murder in the Bible. Oh, I'm fully in support of self-defense. Yes. Yeah. And yes, that is. I believe that is justified. Yeah. Well, okay. So anytime guns, because Democrats don't like guns, that's why they say it's controversial, but it has nothing, but it's, it is weird that it's really, I mean, I think everybody's against murder, right? So, (laughs) I mean, but there is a certain political orientation that confuses the tool with the activity. Right. And it's unfortunate and very confusing because we could all name a hundred action movies that have an action hero with a gun who takes right. out bad guys. Yeah. 
So how is that something we can cheer for, but not right. this girl, this right. young girl who's going to protect her classmates? Right. And it, I mean, it replicates well, this a situation that is. Well, very I haven't seen the movie, so I don't you know. Okay. I don't sure. know if there should be any spoilers. I haven't seen the movie. I um, I don't I don't think I've said any spoilers yet. Okay, so. really? Okay. Um. So. It it's you haven't said whether she gets an F at the end. Right. I will leave person. that to your okay. viewing. I don't even know if it's a guy or a girl or whatever. But okay, so. That's really cool. So did you work on that film or did you? I didn't. So I saw this collaboration that yes. was happening. Okay, cool. And even before I saw the movie, I had just seen the trailer. And that is an interesting collaboration because Ben Shapiro was on the radio um, back when Trump was running. And um, right. And now he has his whole big. Uh, the Daily Wire, which has just grown immensely. And they have all sorts of podcasts and shows and different things and are getting into narrative entertainment now. And so Bonfire Legend bringing this movie to them was a, a great first start. And wow. so I just had seen the trailer and knew that I wanted to be a part of this team and this thing that was happening that they talked about growing a company and more projects and bringing in people that were sort of on the outs. Yeah. And so I reached out to Dallas on Instagram and said, Hey, I'm a conservative. I was in Hollywood. So I have experience. I love what you're doing. Would there be any kind of tell, place for me? Tell us who Dallas is again. Yeah. So Dallas Saunier is a, uh, he's a filmmaker producer who has many years of experience in Hollywood. He was an agent as well. And uh, has now has this production company called Bonfire Legend. Okay. So a lot of experience has produced some movies with all of the big names that we know. Mel Gibson, Vince Vaughn, um, Matthew Fox, Kurt Russell, all sorts of people. Um, has really you, done, done it all. Oh, and so you uh, reached out to him on Instagram? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, he had a, a social media presence i found him there and just thought what the heck because i've yeah. done the, the cold calling reaching out to <laughs> so many people in eight years in hollywood or six years in hollywood um the amount of times that you just th throw a dart against yeah. the wall and see if, right. it'll, if it'll stick because you want to work with a company or on a certain project like a, a yeah. show that you really love right and so i had plenty of those so wow. thought what the heck I'm going to do this. Wow. And then he wrote back and we were going back and forth a little bit. How long did it take him to write back? Oh, 24 hours, maybe. Wow. So mm -hmm. is that him himself that's doing the writing or does it yes. somebody on a staff? Yeah, it is him. He wrote back to you. He did. And then wow. in how, um, many, how many people does he have following him on Instagram? I think it's up to about 9,000. 9,000. Okay. I remember even when we were filming in Montana this fall, he was saying, Oh, we're getting up to about 7,000 and it, and it was growing steadily. And then even just in a few months, more people are catching on. Cool. So. Wow. 
So he got back. And then, to you. Uh, right. He got back to me. And last year he was putting together a, a lunch of local filmmakers and other people that had reached out to him because I was not the only one. And so he thought, Hey, I want to bring this group of young filmmakers together, not just to meet and potentially have them uh, find a job on a film of mine, but also just to introduce them because there were several of us who hadn't found that film community here in Dallas. Right. Because there, there are ways to connect with people and sometimes you don't have the right avenues or you don't connect on Instagram or, or whatnot. You just don't know about each other that right. you're here. Right. Um, the same way in LA that I had found friends, it took some time, but there are really solid people there. So to, to deviate a little bit, I, I don't condemn the people, many of the people in Hollywood. Um, I have a lot of great friends and I know they're really solid people trying to do good things there, but it was time for me to get out. And, and now in the past couple of years, even, I think it's time for even more people to get out and to, to collaborate and to build companies and create projects and sell those and, and doing different things and kind of having to create an alternative source of entertainment, which wow. Daily Wire and, and many other companies are doing, you know, Dallas Jenkins um, with creating The Chosen, which is that hugely popular um, Jesus and the disciples story, The Chosen, um, and, and other companies are doing things as well. But I'm getting off track here. So Dallas had brought this group of, of people together and um, within a month of that lunch or two months, we had already made the little group of us had made two short films together. Um, one that I had written and I got to direct, which was fantastic. It was such a, a good experience wow, and cool. I learned a lot from it. Yeah. Um, but then just keeping in touch with Dallas over the spring for the few months there and, and knowing that he had a project that was maybe going forward by summer. And so I just, I really wanted to stay on his radar and keep in touch. And I got a call from his, another producer of his company, Amanda. She called me up in um, the end of June, early July. I was up in Idaho visiting some friends and family. And she said, hey, we're shooting this movie in Nashville in July and August. Do you want to come out for it? And I said, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to come out for that. So that was the first dive into um, a production with Bonfire. And then from there, I came home uh, back to Dallas for about two weeks. And then I was in Montana shooting the next movie with them. And uh, we were up there for about two months filming a movie with Gina Carano, who, oh. if you're familiar with I've the story that, yes, yeah. that also really changed the dynamic of conservatives in Hollywood and seeing that, that someone like her could get fired by Disney. And then on the other side, see someone like Ben and the Daily Wire say, hey, we're not gonna let that happen. We're going to wow. join forces. We have the experience and the talent to make things on our own. And so they connected with Gina and within a few months of doing that, we're in Montana shooting the movie. So you worked on a film with Gina Carano. Carano. Yes. Can you and say anything about that film? 
June. Sure. Yeah. The teaser trailer is out already. So you get about a minute of footage and it's called terror on the prairie comes out sometime this summer on the daily wire. And it is about a, it's set in uh, the 1800s and it's about a fam, a young family protecting their homestead against these outlaws. Hmm. And uh, I don't want to spoil too much more, but you'll get a lot of action and adventure and uh, it, it will probably really, be, a really good story. It'll probably be controversial if it involves self-defense as we've already discussed. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> and Gina. Because what was it? Yeah. So she's, she's controversial. Oh, she is. Okay. So uh, was it uh, cold in Montana? It was very cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were, we were the accommodations like? Oh, they were great. Our, our whole production team, the producers make sure that we're really taken care of. We had both hotels and Airbnbs with just a few people here and there. Um, and so that worked out great. Uh, did you have to switch between the hotel and the Airbnb in the middle? Or did you just, once you had something, you were there? Yes. We were pretty established once we had a place. Nice. And people did come in at different times because we had a whole whole group of people up there for prep, which was a oh, month. Okay. And then more people come in for the actual production, which was another month. Okay. So so what part were you there for? Around. Both of those? For both of them, yes. Ooh. So I got to, um, I was assistant to the director on that movie and that was being there from day one. Um, cool. Just doing what he needed, coordinating his schedule and helping him out and facilitating, talking with the producers, um, getting him to and from set, uh-huh. all that sort of thing. What was so the food it was like? the full what was Oh, the food, food was like? great. Oh, food Dallas great. himself. Yes. We, because it, we just had, we were in a small town in Montana, just the, what you think of as the small town charm in a state like Montana in the middle of nowhere. Um, we were just about 30 minutes from Bozeman, which is Ooh. a big town for Montana. Um, hundred thousand people. No, hundred thousand people is the, the population of Montana, I believe. 106,000. Wow. In all that land. So we were in the small town of Livingston and uh, our, I believe it was our production manager who had, who knew a caterer and she agreed to, to cater for the, the month of the month of production and even a few weeks of prep as well. But it was fantastic. Wow. Just um, chicken and bison and things that she just made really well. Bison. So it was just a lady cooking for you. It was this, it was a lady that she made all. Yes, yeah, she had a she had a small staff of people, but we had about a local lady, right? Okay. And it was for about sixty five, maybe sixty five seventy crew members. Some days were smaller, I suppose, but but it could get it could get pretty big. Although that's still a small crew for a production. That's not like the. 400 people how many hours a week did you work uh how many day how many hours a day did you work how many hours a week did you work they were pretty long days we were shooting 11 probably 11 hours um 12 okay yeah and uh and how much time did you have to eat we had uh i think it's a solid 30 minutes 
Yeah. So we would break there are certain requirements for that how, as well. And how long does it take to get the food? I'm, I'm, I'm interested in these details. Like, is the food right there or do you have to go a far it's, long way? So where we were shooting, we were at this place called the Yellowstone Film Ranch, which is a, a place in Montana that these these guys from Hollywood, I think they moved to Montana. They built this fake Western town okay. and hoped to draw Western productions up to Montana movies that would be perfect for that setting. It was an old town with a dirt road. It has a blacksmith shop and a sheriff station and a saloon. And, and it's pretty realistic. Once you're there, it really feels like you're in the old West. Wow. And, uh, we filmed one day in there, but otherwise that was our base camp where we set up, where we had catering, um, the production offices, that sort of thing. So how far and then about, is it? I mean, once you have 30 minutes starting, how long does it take for food to get actually in your stomach? So, so a lunch on a, on a film set lunch starts when the last person goes through the line of the buffet line. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? So, so if you're first in line, you might get a 45 minute lunch, hour lunch. I don't know nice. <laughs> however long it takes for that last person to get through. Okay. I gotcha. Mm -hmm. So it's like buffet style. Right. What did you have for and breakfast? They just, and then tables did, they have set up. did they give you breakfast? Yes. We had breakfast as well. What's, it was what's for breakfast. Oh, I have uh, to know this. Sure. My favorite, my go-to was just the egg and bacon burrito. It's the breakfast burrito. Uh -huh. and coffee and tea and all sorts of snacks all throughout the day so how's the coffee they took care of us coffee was good i was more of a tea drinker on set really kept me warm that's good but but about that weather it, we did even yeah. get snow for that first week wow and even when it did when we got some sunshine it was still 40 degrees with a great wind chill it was uh, the second windiest valley in the u.s they told us oh wow and up to 20 mile an hour winds or something like that i'm assuming you had an armor were there weapons? we did okay, mm -hmm. you had armor yep. and it wasn't alec baldwin i'm assuming it wasn't and that Too that soon? hit us hard because <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i hesitate saying that because that it is tragic i'm not right. making light of it maybe i was and maybe i shouldn't be right i don't mistakes mean to be, were made i don't mean to, i don't mean to make light of it at all but. sure i understand uh mistakes were made and it's very unfortunate and yes the day that it happened i remember when we wrapped that night the producer called the crew together um i hadn't heard i'm not sure how many people had because it was a, just a few hours after it happened you and were so, end on of day, that project when that happened right so we're up in montana and so just wow. the combination of being on a film set and growing close with our group of people in montana mm -hmm. and knowing how close film crews get yeah because they have to whether or not they like it yeah. <laughs> working these long hours needing all these right. departments yeah. to work in unison yes for your project to be successful wow then also being a western they were mm -hmm. filming a western we were filming a western yeah and just all these things that came together and right and the fact that 
as such a tragic accident, it could have been anyone. Right. Right. That's true. We were using guns, blanks, all these things, but it could have been anyone. And so that was tough. Yeah. Okay. I think the main reason I had that is just because he annoys me with his political stuff. And, uh, that's, that's why I said what I said, but still very tragic. Mm-hmm. It's tragic for him too. Mm-hmm. He'll have, oh, that, that's on, something he'll have he will... that on his, he will never, Ugh. he will think about that all the time. For, yeah. He'll I, carry can, that I can't for imagine. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine, but yeah. So, uh, dinner. <laughs> <laughs> on set. Yeah. Okay, so any any good? Well, so there's breakfast and lunch, and then we would usually wrap by our. T- so you break for you break at the six hour mark, five and a half to six hours for lunch, and then by the time you would hit the next six hours, we we're usually wrapped. So oh, okay, it was only if we went past twelve hours that there's another official meal, which is called second meal, that would be brought into set. But most days it was just the breakfast and lunch and then we'd be wrapped and there'd be snacks throughout the day. And I could grab something like a power bar and some fruit to go or something. Mm-hmm. Since by the time I got home at nine o'clock, it was usually just going right to bed because yeah, we were so white. Did you, were you able to go to mass? On yes. Sund- Sundays or at least once so a week? We had, we did have weekends off on this project. Some in LA I didn't, but we just shot Monday through Friday on these ones. So my Sunday mornings started with mass. So is it like kind of a union schedule thing? Is it what, who's making the rules on how things go? So these projects, uh, the one we did in Montana was Mm non-union for a variety of reasons, having to do with some COVID protocols and restrictions and different things that we were going to film in Nashville and then there were more requirements there. And so we ended up in Montana and having a little more freedom with all of that, um, but still taking precautions and not going crazy. So you said that you directed and wrote a short film yourself. What was that like? I did. That was great. So we're looking for an outlet for it. It may just be releasing it on YouTube or sending to friends because we may not take it the festival route. You can enter short films and festivals and things like that. Um, but as this was one of our first together, we know we can always keep growing and getting better. Um, How long was it? We were just a, a group of, it's about 13 minutes. So it's a short film, but we were just a group of filmmakers that wanted to make a project together. So we started saying, hey, who has a script or who wants to write a script? And so I wrote something and pitched it to the group and they liked it. So we decided to make it and and What's all somehow involved? I got to be What's the director of it as well. <laughs> What's all involved with that? How, how, how much does that cost? Um, do you have the same thing where you we bring did in it the, on the, a... burrito, the egg burritos and mm-hmm. good coffee? Yeah, one of our, one of our producers, um, my friend Sydney, put all of that forward. So everyone paid a little bit, but it was very ultra- low budget it was just bringing props and wardrobe that we had and um the camera guys i'm sure i don't know what they 
all that they brought, but it was fantastic. Uh, Jake, my friend who was our, our DP on the project helped me a lot as the director, as a first time director, um, letting me know if we got the shot or whatnot, and then letting me decide if I wanted to do another take or if I liked the way that they executed the lines that I had written. So that was fantastic. That was kind of a dream. Did you edit it or did somebody else edit it? So the DP edited it as well and then uh, sent me a cut of it and I offered some notes and he made some changes. And so what's a, D- what's a DP? DP is the director of photography. Okay. So they're the main, um, the main camera, camera guy, if you will, that works really closely with the director to be choosing all the shots and mm-hmm. what the whole overall movie is going to look like and, and all that. So they have a very crucial role. Gotcha. And I, I don't have experience in the camera world at all. So that was great that we had people with different experience that they brought to the project. Wow. Um, so you've worked on one film for w- w- that's associated with the daily wire somehow. Oh, so, so two, two. the first one that, that we did in Nashville was called shut in Nashville. And that came okay. out, right. That one came out in February on the daily wire shut in shut in. Okay. And that's on the daily wire. Right. And then the second one was terror on the prairie. And that's out already. Anybody that in there that I would know about? Summer. There, there were some names. So in? yes, shut in. So which so, one are you asking about? Uh, shut in asking? now. Yeah. Shut Anybody in. We would know. Ben Shapiro, does um, he make an appearance? He doesn't get a cameo. No, he didn't. He doesn't? I mean, oh. I'm sure if and he would like to. He somehow... Of, huh, okay. He must be too famous for that. So we had a couple young, sort of new stars. They hadn't, they hadn't been in a whole lot, but they did fantastic. Rainy Qualley was our main female lead. And uh, Jake, uh, excuse me. Yeah, Jake Horowitz. I'm mixing up his character name and his real name. His character is Rob but Jake Horowitz and Vincent Gallo. How do do people see the film? You have to subscribe to the daily wire. Okay. So, so if you subscribe, the way that it it would. Right. So in the way that these streaming services, your Netflix and Hulu and whatnot. Yeah. The daily wire has a subscription fee to be able to watch their movie. Some of their content is free and some is not. So the movies fall under the, behind the paywall. Uh, how much do you think the uh, subscription is in your opinion? How much do I think it is? Yeah. I, I think, well, the, um, the middle of the road, kind of, there's different tiers, but I think okay. it's about 12 to $12. They do deals all for the day? time, 20% off. No, for, I'm sorry, for the month, or you can get an annual subscription, but okay you're looking at $12 a month, which is pretty average now for all these streaming services. That's how they afford to put, to get Gina. There's enough people. And, and hopefully to just keep growing this company and doing more and more movies. Right. So we did two in 2021, but that's, 
that's not the end. They have plans. They're reading scripts. They're they got plans. developing new things. Cool. Right. And yeah. really trying to grow this alternative space where it's this content that's still really entertaining, mm-hmm. high quality, mm-hmm. but that it's not pushing any kind of woke mm-hmm. message. No, normal length, right? Normal. Right. Like sure. a, it's yeah. not 13 minutes, right? It's something. No, else. your runtime of hour and a half, two hours. Okay. And high but quality content. It won't it's, put you asleep, but it's not woke. Right. Which is a lot of times what we want, just an escape from reality, from the chaos of the world. And nobody wants to watch a movie where they're going to have a message shoved down their throat. And so this is just. Yeah. The universities and Hollywood are just in the universities and Hollywood are both just echo chambers of the left. It's so weird. And it's just annoying. I think pretty much any human community that can get annoying if they're like that, but it's especially annoying with institutions like that for me. And what's fascinating about the conservative side and, and conservatives in media and Hollywood, and I guess this alternative Hollywood, is that I feel we're a lot more accepting of all viewpoints. So even though we've sort of gone to do this movie with a lot of conservatives, there were liberals as well, who I guess we'll say were true liberals in that they're right. middle of the road, just the very rare breed now. Yeah, that are, were middle of the road, but that they saw this story. They read a script and said, hey, that's that's a great story. I want to be a part of that. I have such and such experience to bring to this project. I don't care that that there are conservatives on this movie. And so right. that's great. And I really appreciated people like that. Wow. But that all of us could know that they were liberal, but still say, hey, you are good at what you do come on and work on this project. I see. I see. You got that Bernie hat, (laughs) but right. Can you please come with me? I need to do this thing with you. Yeah. If you're good. Um, Sure. And you're not crazy. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what a, what a concept. Right. Uh, Molly. um, What did you do on shut in? What was your job on shut in? I was a production assistant. So that can be a variety of tasks on set, anything from uh, refilling coolers and taking out trash to um, driving the cast members. I, I was a couple of the talent chauffeurs um, getting them to and from set, hotel and whatnot, and just sort of helping run things, locking up the set, which is sort of... Uh, it's being on walkie talkie. And when, when the cameras are rolling, you got to keep people out of the scene. So we were on location in this house in the middle of nowhere, Nashville. And we need to know when the cameras are rolling and you don't want to interrupt that take that scene. Yeah. And so it was stopping people at the door. And then when the director calls cut then you can let people through and, that sort of thing. So what kind of people are you talking about? that are going through this place. Is it just the public or, or? Oh no, sorry. It's actually just the crew Just the crew. because not, not everyone's on walkie talkie, but they all have different things that they're supposed to be doing. So you have they're a on- lot of power with the walkie talkie and does that power go to your head? Cause I love walkie talkies. And as soon as I get one, I know I'm powerful. 
it doesn't. Mostly I'm being directed to do things, which I am more than happy because. Gotcha. But you still can squawk on that thing and you can be like, you know, got an intruder over here in Bay 12. Sure. I'll try that one of these times. I haven't quite. Was the, what was the food situation there for shut-in? Was it the same or similar to. It was quality that you had in Montana. COVID restrictions were um, a little more of a hindrance in that we had to-go boxes of oh, meals okay. instead of the buffet, which was more relaxed. Yeah. So just the, the quality, the, the setting where it, it's brought yeah. in, it just was Did a you have to different. wear your mask the whole time? We did in Nashville. Ew. Are you a mask fan? Sorry, I guess I should have asked you first before I said ew, because then maybe I, I'm maybe, not. I'm, oh no. well, you don't feel like you have to say that. I know, you know, this is this is not no, one of those I, sets where you get. I will tell out. you, I have not worn a mask. So I had to on the plane when I flew to and from Montana last fall, but I can't remember. I think when we dropped the mask mandate here in Texas in March of last year. I think that's the last time that I wore a mask. And, and even then it was, had been a year too long. Do you mind if I just you know ask I mean. you just for our safety here, if you would mind wearing a mask for the rest of this interview, just because <laughs> I would mind. I, would get up. <laughs> I just want to make sure people know that we care about them and we are concerned about their safety. Mm. You know, if they, they can wear the mask, if that protects them. Yeah. That's great. Oh, no, no. It's about protecting other people. You don't understand. It's, it's about, we don't care <laughs> if you're getting murdered to in say a school, but we do want to control your behavior so that someone right. else doesn't get sick from you, even though you're healthy. The amount of times I would have just said, don't worry about me. That's not on you. Yeah. Stop the mask. Don't worry yeah. about me. Right. <laughs> wow. So. Um, so that's where I stand. Yep. So, uh, so it was basically Halloween with all the masks. Uh, obviously, right. the actors and, are not. And that was something. Them. Unfortunately, that was a, a um, certain union requirements that we had uh, to go along with that. A so union requirement. When we uh. had some more freedom in Montana, our our teams are very supportive of everyone having that choice. Did they ever ask you if you were, um, if you got the, the, uh, V word actually, they, was it out? Was it out that, that time? I guess it was kind of, I think it maybe. was early last year. I don't yeah. know that I was ever directly asked. Right. It may have come out in conversation, but so yeah, you, um, it wasn't a requirement. So obviously the actors are not wearing them. Is everybody else wearing them on set besides the actors? Yes. Or maybe the actors were wearing them. <laughs> they they weren't. Um, Funny how that works. You can kill people as long as you're acting. Right. They would a little bit um, offset when they're coming to and from set. But then between their scenes, they would just go into a, a holding area okay. where they could take a second to relax or even go back to their trailers, which were just up the up the road, like. 30 yards or something really close to this house, maybe not even that far. So they'd be able to take a break there, but it is interesting how that was that based on a book. 
that film? No. Okay. It's an original concept. Um, the food was uh, in boxes. What, what was in these boxes? All sorts of things. Like we'd a have happy meal? Sandwiches. <laughs> no, not quite that. We'd have Did sandwiches. Have a toy? Um, was there a toy in there? <laughs> uh, fried chicken, since we're in, Ooh, we're in Nashville. Nice. You know, fried chicken. Nice. Um, just different meats and salads and pastas and and all that but again awesome. hard to do for a bigger people so how was the coffee the coffee i don't know that i drank much because it was so coffee, hot your tea. oh was, yes okay we were filming in nashville in august that was how long does it take now you said it came out just a couple months ago how long did it take for them to fix all the issues so post was i think about six months wow. from august to you think that February. that's solid work they're working on it solidly for that time i'm not sure the whole process of of everything that goes into that and how many people are working on it and the editor has footage and goes through it with the director and then the producer has many producers actually have all of their input of changing things so there's many people involved and it's it's a whole process but I don't know the ins and outs. Gotcha. Cool. Wow. This is a lot of interesting. Uh, so you, you seem like you're excited about the future of these kind of projects. Especially now. I always, I think I always had this excitement in Hollywood as well. Every time. So I worked at Universal Studios for many years, maybe four or five, four or five years. And would drive around the back lot at Universal Studios, often on a golf cart and like running an errand or going up to, to the gas pumps to fill up the gas the golf carts or something like that. And just had this creative excitement of just knowing what kind of things take place here, driving through the, the fake set of New York. They have a, a this area that looks like New York. Um, there's an old Western town there as well. So these things have just always, always brought excitement and it, they're just so creative, so clever, yeah. all these things. And yeah, I've, I've always you, liked that. You love the creative it, aspect. Right. And so a lot of it was, I still have some of that, but I think I'm more excited now about the different things that are happening with crews with the crew and the cast and people that you work with. So whereas in, in LA, I think I was more involved in what show or project I was working on or what I wanted to do or what I want to make and had such a focus on that. Mm -hmm. And that's great and fine to have, even now, you know, we can all have passion projects and things that we want to make. But I found how much, how important working with the right people is and having, having a support and a community. And it may be a result of where we are now in politics, because politics and culture and entertainment, they're all intertwined, whether or not we like it. Right. They're all connected. They all flow from one to another. Yes. And so with everything going on now, I think has really brought 
conservatives and other filmmakers that don't want to work in LA or don't want to feel like they might lose their job if they speak up about certain things that want to find other like-minded people. Yeah. And so that's, what's great that, that Dallas has built this team of people that he's brought these, uh, these young filmmakers onto multiple projects now Hmm. and picking up other people that we had. Well, Gina, for example, by collaborating with her after everything with Disney, um, a couple other cast members that we had, yeah. Um, Tyler, Tyler Fisher is a stand-up comedian who he's, he's great. He has a lot of good material that makes fun of a lot of what's going on right now. And he was, he's in our cast. Um, wow. So it brought together this really eclectic group wow. that you may not imagine together, but that were brought together by, by everything going on now. That's awesome. So, so it's exciting. It's exciting future. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad to see this happening. Right. Um, and it kind of makes yes. you wonder I, why didn't it happen already? I mean, it seems like it could have always been this way. Right. I, I think things haven't been this bad. Gotcha. This crazy, this, yeah. this much messaging being yeah. pushed in Hollywood that right, right. conservatives are saying, hold on, wait, I used to just tell these really middle of the road stories with you. Yeah. Where are you going? Where are you right. taking this? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I guess I have to go work with these other people and yeah. just make make things that that uh, fly over country, if you want to call yeah, it that, yeah. or right. just families, um, your normal, average normal Joe. people. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's sad because I hear you, and it sounds like you were a true believer. I mean, like you came out, you were wanting to work in this industry. You believed in the the medium and the creative process and you were willing to be uncomfortable doing this right right long mm-hmm. hours um you know job uncertainty crashing on people's couches in a weird area called los angeles and sure. they lost you they lost you they and they you're not the only one they're losing true believers people that right. actually believe in what you're doing and have the skills sad right well i'm glad that you know people are seeing an opportunity with this i, I hope it continues right. How and, does I, one... I, and i really think that there's the audience for it as well i do i agree that, that not only i've said a lot from a, a filmmaker and a crew member's perspective of what we're running into but we know that there's an audience out there. So it's not yes. that, you know, our projects are only going to be successful if we go do these ones with Disney in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, there's an audience. If we go work with the Daily Wire, there's going to be hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people that are going to watch these movies. Yeah. So that's very encouraging. That's awesome. How can uh, people get involved if they want, if there's a young aspiring film a patroneur out there what can they do so well knowing the right people and making those connections is how it's always going to work it's how i got every job that i had in la whether it was a one-day job or six months or a year it was from meeting someone and so that's something that i found difficult when i first moved to dallas especially because it was early 2020 
right when COVID hit. And so yeah. any groups that would have been meeting or filmmaker, you know, uh, yeah. anything like that, just the chance for people to meet in person <laughs> wasn't really there. Um, but I would suggest first for people to do their research before even throwing out, you know, I'm, I'm sure that um, Dallas is always willing to grow a team and, and bring on more people, but he's just one, he has the one company. Okay. But what we're going to need is many bonfire legends, many companies like his who are producing all sorts of movies. So it's important to be finding other filmmakers and connecting, um, but also doing, doing your research in the area that you're in, because I found Dallas, first of all, by discovering that he was a Dallas based filmmaker. So it's, it's doing a whole lot of Googling <laughs> or whatever search engine you use to look up people in the area, um, to look up people that are doing the kind of things that you want to do. Um, I'm also a huge fan to segue a little bit. I'm a huge fan of Hallmark movies and Hallmark style. Um, just your really family friendly, feel good kind of movies. And um, so I've reached out to all of those sorts of people, um, even the heads of the networks who haven't heard back from yet. I can uh, give them my contact info again if they're going to watch this. But um, just. Yeah. What is your contact info? <laughs> Oh, well, um, actually for anyone that does want to reach out, it's just Molly Mori six on Instagram is going to be the best way to reach me. That's really my only social media. How do you presence. spell that? Uh, it's just my name, Molly Mori with the number six at the end. But how do you spell it? Oh, um, M O L L Y M O R E Y. And then how do you spell six? Just the, the number, the digit, the number six, right? And then that's your Instagram. That's my Instagram handle. Yes. Okay. Um, and so you so don't want to tell us, you don't want to tell us the Twitter handle that you have where you write, you constantly attack Alec Baldwin and, and <laughs> I, uh, I had a Twitter years ago. That the is libs. Twitter is an <laughs> awful place. Yeah, it is. It's a cesspool. I would tell everyone to get off Twitter. Well, we're it's, on Twitter, uh, so. Okay. Well, I mean, but okay. all I do is I, I post, I post pictures of like the episodes. That's okay. So share, maybe I there. share an article or something, but I don't do anything else. You're, uh, you're taking the heat for the rest of us then, because I, I just couldn't do it. Nobody even knows I exist <laughs> on Twitter. So I, I guess I just post it for myself. Oh, well, it'll be seen. <laughs> yeah. It's possibly to be so seen. I, I mainly have it so people can contact me by direct message if they want. Right. So right. it's pretty and I'm easy one at, at Republican Prof. And I'm one who has had, you know, good experience from connecting with people on Instagram. And well, whatnot, yeah, you got so. that thing through Instagram <laughs> right. direct message. Wow. What a right. concept. That's great. Right. Are you on LinkedIn? I am on LinkedIn. I'm not very active. Yeah, but I have a profile there. So you're the one that's not active on LinkedIn. I knew there was somebody because it's so active. Just kidding. <laughs> so I, I'm getting more active too. I'm posting stuff on, like, with our episodes and stuff. Right. So I'll, po I'll I'll post this one on LinkedIn. Definitely. Okay. Great. Because you know, sure. I mean, a few hundred people that see it, they 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 
all know people that want there's going to be somebody that wants to get involved in film and sure so yeah and yeah. otherwise i would just say besides trying to connect with people and and find people that you respect and it's it's also going to be sticking to your guns okay not literally necessarily but are, are um, you packing heat is that are you trying to say something oh i i wouldn't i wouldn't right tell now? that right <laughs> <laughs> so um, stick to your guns right just if you're a lib then okay then i mean maybe do that as well but but go back to hollywood <laughs> go back, back to, to la yeah that's where i mean that's where they're doing what they want to do you're not saying that because well what if they don't like their fellow libs and the libs are like these people are crazy but i still like bernie well sure that's so that's great maybe i should separate between far left progressive from liberal we'll take the people that that are talented and that want to tell good stories that's okay. great and they can get along with people that don't agree with right them necessarily if you right just be that's open the key that's really the key thing just right. getting along with people respect people respect right. the workplace for god's sake respect the workplace these people are trying to make a living not everybody thinks the same way that you do. Mm -hmm. And it might be that you're very passionate about your politics. There should be a place to discuss it. Um, but it's very, really kind of hard to have that kind of discussion at, on, a, on a project like that. Creative project. Right. But it's pretty cool to know that you are accept like people wouldn't be surprised if you voted for Trump on a on a crew. That's kind of cool. Right. Because, and they wouldn't. You can right. relax. Right. Like, you know, it's not going to jeopardize your way of making a living. Right. Not and like we you, could have yeah. conversations if we wanted, which sure. we did. Once I got to know some of the people that lean more conservative, then I would bring things up with them. And but you could have a right. discussion aloud at lunch with people walking by you. Just in case anybody is is not sure that you're serious about that. We're going to illustrate that right now. Molly, I voted for Hillary. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I wrote her name in for, for dog catcher. Mm -hmm. Local dog catcher office was open. So I wrote her name in because I think she would be a great right. dog catcher. I, I honestly do. She, All right. And you are, you are entitled to that. I yeah. can, give you some reasons why you might want to reconsider. I mean, it's a little late if you've cast your vote. Well, and, it was a, uh, can't take that back. Later, I realized that she might not be eligible for it because I think you have to be a resident of Orange County. But um, I mean, I'm up for a little voter fraud if you are. Mm. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. YouTube's going <laughs> to take this off now. Pull this video. Crap. Yeah, I we had one guy say the EF word twice. He said it twice in three hours. He's actually a producer, film producer. But is she, the video he, still up? No, they took it down. And, well, no, it's on up now because I appealed. Oh. I, oh, okay. I had to appeal though. I had to listen to three hours. Anyway, yeah. Hmm. Well, anyway, yeah. Uh, that was Brad Cummings. He produced the Shack film called The Shack. Okay, the name's yeah, his Maybe. name sounds familiar. I said, Brad, this little 
this little film, how much is it gross? 100 million. How much is the budget? 20 million. Just like doing the numbers. I'm like, okay, don't say the EF word anymore, Brad. Um, anyway. Yeah, that's a good. He's, he's, he's great. I love him. He also sold uh, millions of copies out of his garage of that book because he was the publisher of the book. So anyway, yeah, self-publishing. I love the independence of this. I love we're, we're we don't we are not tied at the hip to Holly Weird. We can be normal people and do good work, creative work that's entertaining, wholesome, sometimes right. even sparks a good conversation. Right. Awesome. And across all genres and ages um, yeah yeah the daily yeah. wire right now is doing more adult uh action okay. drama like Hold you're, on. you're rated not 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 x-rated no i don't mean adult like that okay no no i'm sorry all right like for your 18 to 35 beyond gotcha. they're sort of appealing <laughs> we have to, to make that. these because you know la fair that's what that fair, word my means. mistake and la just so. just uh for language and action violence, you, they'll get the R yeah. rating if okay. they were in the Hollywood. I'm not sure if they do official ratings over at the Daily Wire, but they fall. <laughs> yeah, under I was that like, did, do they have cussing in these these things with the Daily Wire? Yes. Oh, there's cussing with Republicans. Do you cuss? I don't. Okay, but you you will not fire Ben if if there's cussing in these movies no okay you you don't give gina a hard time did you meet gina did you talk to her i did yeah yeah we what's she like with as a, a, a small crew and because of i'm sorry oh go ahead sorry oh well because of our small crew and my position as well as assistant to the director who mm-hmm. our director michael polish was fantastic and he worked so closely with the cast mm-hmm. um so he and gina spent a lot of time discussing onset, even offset, having calls and talks. And um, I'm friends with um, someone who is helping Gina as well as her assistant, my friend, Courtney. Um, So there's a whole lot of time that I got to spend with these people and get to know them. Is Gina cool? She's great. She's fantastic. Is she a mask person? Does she constantly tell you to put the mask on? She didn't. She was very respectful yeah cool she's she's very very genuine and kind and it couldn't have been a a greater a better number one as i i've said before and the number one on the call sheet who's often the the primary cast member right who the production revolves around a lot of times and they can be a diva because i know that from being in la and seeing the way that people treat celebrities. Right. And a lot of times kind of uh, rub me the wrong way of how yeah. we treat celebrities. Right. Like they're so far above. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just not even right. Not because I was someone lower than them and it was jealous or angry. Just the whole thing feels weird. It's off. Yeah. The so reverence, what- and the way that we go out of our way to do these things. And it was not like that on our set because our cast didn't even want that. 
So with Gina on there, it's not mm -hmm. like you said. I, I mean, how many times did you ask her for her autograph? Just, just to get a sense of, was it every day? <laughs> I didn't, I got it. I asked her for oh. a picture. I have a couple pictures with her. Okay. Yeah. Um, and. But she was you, always accommodating. You, it was always so friendly what, and happy. What's her phone number? Can you, can you share, share that on the I on cannot podcast? Share that. Okay. No, I would never. Um, well, but okay. There mailing, were times that we were either out. a mailing address or. <laughs> not getting it for me. There were times that we're we were kidding. out in public if she ever as well. Sees us, we're kidding, Gina. We're kidding. Yeah. There were times that we're out in public and people would recognize her and she was just very kind and, and would That's give awesome. autographs and you know, um, the funny thing about and, me asking these questions is I barely know who she is. I mean, I, I knew she got fired. I know what she looks like. Mm -hmm. I'm not even really sure how she, what she was fired from. I think it was some Disney thing or something. Yes. A, uh, one of those Star Wars series is called The Mandalorian. See, okay. That's what I was missing is I didn't even know that Disney was doing Star Wars. Right. So I think it was of it the, first, the first Star Wars series, and now they have several in development they're doing all these spin-offs and different things but that was the first big one it was huge what, what did she get what did she how did she get fired from that again what was the controversy several uh tweets and different things that she said um one was around the time of the election and i don't want to put like words in her mouth but it was something like let's have voter integrity like let's Beware of voter fraud. Let's have these certain regulations. Uh oh, you just said it again. I know. Okay. I should, oh. <laughs> right. And um, right. then there was something when it came to She COVID. said that those were her treat, uh, tweets that she said, and that's what got her fired. Yes, sort of okay. to paraphrase. And then there was something which was even more, was odd as well when, so COVID has, has turned people against each other. Right. We've seen that. And there are sides. There are all the, the different beliefs. Mm -hmm. And Gina pointed out that all of these neighbors and, and countrymen turning against each other was something that happened in Nazi Germany in that neighbors and friends turned on each other yeah. for these different beliefs or right. different ways that they interpreted things about people yeah. that they may not even have had correctly. Mm -hmm. And so she pointed that out and it, it wasn't even a Nazi comparison in an offensive way or anything, but that was another one that people didn't like. And Disney was, was getting a lot of flack for it and they're trying to save face. And so that was firing her was the thing to do. Wow. So there were, there were a couple of instances like that. Um, and she tells it great on Ben Shapiro's podcast. She did one with him early last year. So I would okay. encourage everyone to go watch that. Take a look at that. Yeah. So Gina and Ben, and then Dallas does one with Ben as well. So if you want to hear more from Dallas himself, um, about this whole thing that he has going and his background and all that. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I think it's called the Sunday special that's on the mm -hmm. daily wire. So I've heard of it. Yeah. Ben and Gina and Ben. Okay. So, and you'll hear in her words from all that. So it'll be more accurate and thorough information gotcha. more than I can give. Okay. So, uh, to get a hold of you, don't go through Gina necessarily, but just go directly through your email. 
or your, yes. your Instagram, I don't think, I, I don't think Gina will give my number either. I think we have a pact. Oh, that's that cool. Neither of us will give each other's numbers. I out. appreciate that. I like that. <laughs> uh, is there anything else we didn't get to you want to share, talk about? This was great. I appreciate the chance to be able to share all this and just yeah. hopefully encourage people and tell them that there are, there is a place for you out there. If you're a filmmaker, if you're still in LA, you Arts. can stay there and, and, you know, do what you can there. But also if you yeah. want to leave, that there's a community, there's going to be people all over the country that are making things and That's building awesome. companies. Um, yeah. As I said, Dallas Jenkins, um, uh, there's another network like Hallmark channel called GAC family. That's also, um, it's cable TV. Um, you have a, a series called vindication, which is written by Jared O'Flaherty. So people can look up all these things that I'm saying that are, um, it's a sort of faith infused, not necessarily faith based, but it's, it has faith in it. And it's a detective show, um, episodic TV. So, all sorts of things going on. So it is exciting. And there are, there are opportunities out there. You just have to go looking for them and, and contact people. Don't be afraid to reach out and not everything, not every dart is going to stick in the wall. You may not get a response from everyone, but don't be afraid you can't, to reach out. You can't not get a response if you don't try. Did I say totally. that right? Totally. Right. Makes sense. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Molly, and sharing your experience and your perspective mm -hmm. on arts and entertainment. Yes. All right. Take take care. Okay. Thanks so much. Yep. You bet.